When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back at it here with That's So Fringy Podcast. My name is Rick. And I'm Kristen. And we have another episode for you today with the great Canadian correspondent, Madeline. She's back to talk more Tartaria, Millennial Kingdom, all those things. We're going to get into orphan trains. We're going to get into mud floods. We're going to get into world fairs don't want to miss it so stick around but first before we get there be sure if you don't mind to like and subscribe um, share everything that you like with your friends Um, hopefully you guys are enjoying all of the content that we're putting out but we know that uh, sometimes you don't want to share everything you just want to share an episode here or there that's great Uh, we love feedback and uh, we got a lot of it for this last episode that we had with Madeline. So we wanted to have her on again. Yeah, I'm super excited. You guys are going to love it. She's the uh, the orphan trains are bonkers to me. Like, yeah. this, is a, this is a real thing. You can look them up. They were a real thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is we're having some issues on Instagram with like people not seeing our stuff. And, you know, whenever you're on the fringes of society, they like to try to suppress you. Um, so just make sure that you're, you're sharing things if possible. Um, we also wanted to point out that we have these. Oh, snap. Rickard has one too. Oh, we do. Look at that. Look at this. We, so, for those of you in listener land, we have that so fringy coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Um, we are going to have some stuff that is available to people. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still in the test, the test run phase of of what companies we like to use and what, what companies we don't. So, um, we'll, keep right. you po- we'll keep you posted on that stuff. But. Yeah, we know that you guys can't wait to get a, a That's a Fringy coffee mug in your hot little hand, but you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. We will let you know, obviously. Um, we'll have some shirts and some different things. We've been working on it, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully, you enjoy this episode, and we can't wait to get into it and for you guys to hear it. So with no further ado, welcome to the show, Madeline. Thank you. Yeah, all is well. Looking forward to the conversation. It feels like it's been a long time, but uh, we're back to it. So let's work there. Yay! So we were wanting to get a little bit into uh, some of the stuff. I mean, last time it was kind of a fly overview of of Tartaria and the Millennial Kingdom and all those things where we kind of just touched on little pieces of things and moved along pretty quickly. And I think that left people salivating for more, which, you know, hopefully 
Um, once a person hears about Tartaria and hears about these things, they're always wanting more. And so that makes sense to us. So now that you're here, we were wondering if you could go over some things more specifically, and we were hoping you could tell us uh, about the World Fairs a little bit, because that's fascinating to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, that's a really great place to start because I think for me and probably a lot of people, um, when you visually see something that just gets, it just blows your mind a little bit um, for starters from a visual perspective. And one of the reasons for that is because of the timeframes that they're trying to account for by the way that they try to explain things. and. When you stop and readdress that logically, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, for example, you know, you had kind of around the period of the mid 1800s through to the mid 1900s is when the World Fairs were pretty much taking place. Now, on a colossal scale of intricate design and just like vast amounts of land that these were built on so we're talking about the world fairs which were all over the world um but just looking at the ones that you can really target which would be in america um where at that time they'll tell you that the people could literally build a wooden house or a shed you know um out of the, yeah. the uh, trees on their property <laughs> kind of thing yeah there, there wasn't a lot of power. There were no power tools. There was very little, according to the narrative, there's very little electricity. Um, you know, they didn't have cars really very in very high quantity. And yeah, just sort of those, the, the two don't match um, for what we're seeing around the world fairs. So it's a good place to start. Um, so uh, there were a number of world fairs that yeah. took place, San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, St. Louis, um, to name a few. There was Buffalo, so New York as well. Um, and those are all kind of within that time frame. And one thing that we, when you just look at it, I just encourage anyone listening, go look at the World Fair, the World Fairs in any of those cities. Um, you will just sit there with your mouth open at the, the time frame across, you know, what we're expecting would be a very primitive, you know, people in horses and buggies, people kind of walking places because yeah. it might take them a long time to get somewhere um, and that kind of thing um, to the scale that we're looking at. So, for example, we have um, Chicago would be a, an example of a really huge world fair, 700 acres um, that they allegedly built on in the period of two years. Wow. Again. No That's power massive. tools. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, no and again, asphalt pavement. No. And, and you know, like <laughs> supply chains, anyone who works in construction will know you need a, a very mm. sophisticated supply chain just to get basic materials, right? You need a lot of tradesmen to do plumbing yeah. or that kind of thing. Um, so we had like, massive structures there was a huge lagoon so there was just like this colossal structure of what we would call probably greco-roman style um with a huge lagoon that they actually had boats you know sailing around in they had millions of people from all over mm. the world represented like coming and attending 
over like periods of about six mm. months, you know. Um, so the the kind of concept for the World's Fairs was that they were to uh, display the world. They were bringing countries in from all over the place. I think up to 40 countries would be coming and, and have, mm. you know, they'd have like a display of some kind of their culture. And essentially what a lot of people believe sure. is that it was re-education. It was like, come here and learn what other cultures are like, which, why would yeah. you do that? Why would you, you know, seems a bit like. That's a great question. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it's funny because you have, you have all of these people seemingly coming out of the woodwork. We talked about on on the last episode that you have these superstructures and and these super cities, but there's like nobody there. You know, there's like no people anywhere. But then all of a sudden, all these people started showing up in in buggies and carts and everything. And then you have this World Fair. I had heard that they said it was only what two years it took them to build that. Is yeah. that the correct number? Yeah. That's well, fascinating you have to, to think, me. There's like, no way. People couldn't yeah. travel like they do now. It's not like we could just get on Expedia and be like, okay, I'm going to book my flight. I mean, my great-grandparents migrated here from Norway, and it took it took her seven months on a boat to get here from right. Norway. Seven months. Yeah. And, and they actually did things like they built hospitals at the World Fairs. They built, um, I think the Philadelphia one had six police stations. Mm. They had um, 500 guardsmen. They hired 500 guardsmen to be on site, which is wow. a very weird thing. Like, why do you need so much protection at a World Fair? Like, strange. Yeah. 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 So a lot of these, a lot of these hmm. um, facts that you'll find right online, right on Wikipedia, actually conjure more questions than answers um, for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. the Chicago, if we haven't World- seen pictures of this stuff out there, you guys got to look it up. It's mm-hmm. insanity. I mean, to think yeah. that two years was the amount of time that it was built. I mean. It's there's no way you guys have to check these pictures out. We'll throw some on the website so that you can see them. But it's it's out of control. Yeah. And at the Chicago World Fair, they actually have in the lagoon. It's quite an interesting feature. It's what they call the Golden Lady or the Statue of the Republic. And you've probably seen that um, in what you've seen because it is like, yeah, stunning. it's just this 65 foot tall golden statue which they say was covered in gold leaf but some people believe it was actually pure gold the entire thing um just looks Mm. very like roman-esque it's it's just massive Mm. and it just kind of it's like right at the top of the lagoon and it's just like empirical you know it's Mm. what you'd see in like the old days of rome or or somewhere like that Mm -hmm. so yeah so those uh those things so we had like you're talking about the time frames of like how quickly they actually had to build these things according to the narrative um so the barcelona expo in 1888 um had the fastest built building of all of these incredible uh expo buildings um it had 5000 square meters 
covered in this one building. Uh, 2,000 guests could stay there, 600 rooms, 30 apartments, and it was built in 53 days. Wow. And you should see it. It is incredible. Like, just like all of the other designs, it is just like, how? How? No way. It, it, it's like your mind just says, no, that didn't, <laughs> like, that didn't happen. Yeah, saying. no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just so, the infrastructure you have to have to have that many people in one yeah. place. You know, you have to have plumbing. You have to have food. You, I mean, all the things that come along with just 600 people. It's, yeah. it'd be insane yeah it's insane um, yeah. do, do you have any um inclination of who the statue is of or or have you found anything like that in your research there is a there is a um i can't remember where it is now but i did watch something about what we call the golden lady and mm. This statue, I don't know, have you seen that? This statue is kind of all over. I've seen the statue. Yeah. Mm, I haven't seen it. I don't think it's a lady, personally. I don't think, um, you know, even just looking at it, it doesn't really look like a lady. Um, but there's a whole esoteric side to that, which I probably won't go into. But I would say, um you know, in keeping with statues that you see all throughout this kind of old empire. I don't know if they were all placed after and kind of added um, as part of this, you know, big shift of ownership or whatever you want to call it um, into new hands, right? So I do think a lot of the, because there is a lot of um, design and usually added through statues and sculptures and things like that that you'll see throughout all of these old buildings mm. but it looks to me like they've almost been added after the fact like a lot of people are questioning uh well it couldn't have been my perspective is it's possibly the millennial reign but then you see things that are like hmm that doesn't look like something god would put on his structure but then usually it's just a statue mm -hmm. and if they figured out how to mm. mass produce those, they could just go throw them on every building, right? So, yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. So, so there's that. Um, then we talk about the uh, technology around, like, there was a lot of electricity happening at the time, which, you know, we've been led to believe mm. there wasn't a lot of electricity available. Uh, but we know by seeing old photos that there was mm -hmm. actually a lot of electricity happening. So uh, we actually, um, yeah. in the um, in one of the fairs, I think it was the Niagara Buffalo Fair, there was a 395-foot electrical tower. Um, and it had like thousands of lights on it. So when it was lit up, it was just like, you know, it was just like, so bright and you can see those too those like nighttime photos of these old electrical towers um yeah i've seen those it's incredible and and they're saying that there's no power there's no energy but how is it happening it's insane yeah yeah exactly and then they had things like moving walkways i don't know if you've seen that but like on some of the um some of the ones oh, i like heard that yeah so down by the water, they had these moving walkways, which would have required a lot of electricity to power. Um, 
And it, it just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, the, the narrative just ignores it, just turns a blind eye, says, oh, don't be stupid. This is what it was actually, you know, um, we don't want you to know about that. So mm. Don't worry about that. Um, the other thing to mention is how quickly they destroyed all of this, mm. the architecture and all of the related technology as well. Um, it's tragic, you know, uh, when you see what they built and yeah. They say as though they just built it temporarily. But if you go and even read on Wikipedia, the materials that they used were not temporary materials. There was a lot of stone, even granite and marble. Mm. Um, things like steel, wrought iron. They they really weren't temporary structures. Hmm. So yeah. I couldn't even imagine. You spend you spend all that time and energy. I mean, two years, come on. It, there's no way it took two years, right? But if you believe that it took two years, then you're like, okay, then why would you tear it down directly after? Like this, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's, it seems like such a waste to do what, you know, to, to re-indoctrinate people, to, to well, teach them. Well, especially when resources were not, I mean, they didn't have a Home Depot or a Lowe's or whatever that you could go to and just pick up what you wanted like oh and they'll price match for you like they didn't have they had to actually ship this stuff in from other places like it's so crazy to me yeah and anyone who's built a home knows how hard it can be even just to find the most common of pieces Uh that they need right Mm, yes yeah and one interesting like really quick turnaround on that demolition process was the st louis fair Two days after they finished the fair, they brought in a demolition team with explosives, dynamite. What? Yeah. Two days? Two days after. Jeez, I didn't know that. That's nuts. Yikes. Yeah, and they threw it all into landfills. What? So, yeah, crazy. So I mean, I'm sorry to derail us like I always do, but if we're talking Millennial Kingdom, if we're going to walk back and forth between these lines where we think maybe, right, you would have to think the only thing, the only reason that they would destroy something so grandiose and beautiful and, you know, futuristic is to completely dumb down the whole culture, you know, to, to bring them back to to the buggies and the wooden houses and all of those things riding around on horses, because it doesn't make any sense why you would be that technology forward. And then you would just rip it all down and, and, and go backwards in time. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just doesn't jive. But if there was a millennial reign, then they would want to be getting rid of all of the evidence as much as possible, in my opinion. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and I think the way that you, if you look back at a lot of the pictures of that period of time, they used a lot of cartoony kind of magazine or mm-hmm. newspaper, you know, like caricature type stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of like almost your Monopoly man kind of right. characters going yes. around with their little top hat and their little black suit. And they'll even have dollar signs on them. You know, they they really saw this as an opportunity to capitalize off of whatever was already there, plus make people think. So I kind of think it is, it's kind of like the men in black, Mm. you know, 
where mm-hmm. they're secretly in control. Um, they're actually keeping people, you know, they keep flashing their flashy thing. So people <laughs> <Yeah>. forget <laughs> like what happened. Yeah. Um, and, and in line with that too, just on the comment of like, how, I always wonder how did people across say that 100 year, you know, time frame that, that century from say mid 1800s to mid 1900s, because we'll have relatives that were kind of starting their lives around the mid 1900s. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what stories were actually passed through? Like, I think my grandfather was of that generation that would have been right in the middle of mm-hmm. all of that. And like, what did they think happened? Like, it's so weird to me that there was this huge shift and then some people just carried on, but then yeah. there were so many others that were actually put into insane asylums and mental institutions, mm. you know? That's right. That's always bothered me That's that true. you have so many insane asylums in in television shows and like Batman, you know, you he puts all the bad guys in the insane asylum and you're just like, what's an insane asylum? Like there's, they don't even really have those anymore. They have these little wards off of the hospitals with a few people here and there, but we're talking like massive buildings that are all on like the ghost hunter shows now, right? Cause they're mm-hmm. all haunted. Uh, but those, they, that whole kind of concept just went away. But they were filling these buildings with crazy people or crazy people, if you will, air quotes. Yeah. And lobotomizing people. I mean, that was big back then, right? Yes. What were they trying to hide? You know, these people were probably. Yeah. What makes it to where you have to fry somebody's brain? Yeah. Exactly. And they used these massive old buildings as well. What we would call old, they said, oh, we built these insane asylums like nobody seems to question how those massive Mm. buildings needed to be so big that they could fit maybe thousands of people into them right like each county probably had one or you know across across an area you'd have a number of insane asylums that would just be full of people um (laughs) i forgot all about (laughs) insane asylums like it's such a huge point it's weird Well, I did my uh, clinicals when I was in nursing school at the state hospital. That's what we call our mental health, whatever, the Oregon State Hospital. There's a couple of them now, but uh, in Salem, I did mine. And there was a room under under the building. It's this old, really kind of cool-looking, creepy-looking building, but um, where it was just people's ashes of people that had passed away there that they didn't have any family that ever claimed them. And we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people over the years. So it's like these people, these were people that didn't have any family. They didn't have any advocates. They didn't have anybody. What were they doing to these people? And nobody, you know, was paying attention. I don't know. It just makes me sad. Yeah. It hurts, doesn't it? It it just like this pain of whatever happened at that time, it doesn't tell me it was a good thing. You know, right. just your experience right. yeah. there, you know. Yeah. And the well, same and even I just think- having the background that we know about MK Ultra and that kind of stuff, they were using people specifically that were in those types of institutions to 
you know, play around with mind control? How far can we push the human mind? What works best? Should we do psychedelics? Should we do, I mean, all this crazy stuff that they were doing to these people because they, they didn't have a voice. They didn't have an advocate. It's just, it's crazy. It is. It's so sad. But they always reveal things in movies, as we know, right? Like the media is used mm-hmm. to reveal kind of like the one flew over the cuckoo's nest and these, you know, Shutter Island, I think was maybe another one um, where you kind of get an inkling that they're trying to tell you what happened. Um, mm-hmm. kind of story form. But yeah, and, and I think that goes alongside of the orphanages, right? So in all of that um, mm-hmm. Victorian um the books the media you have this orphan story that just kind of comes out in almost every everything that's happening you get the orphans mm. i mean you don't i'm not yes. saying we don't have orphans now but it was really bad i mean if you look at old black and white pictures of europe anywhere in england for example you'll just see children just like all alone loads and loads of children just on the street by themselves like Almost as if there's not a lot of adults mm-hmm. around, which is very weird. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we, and then we found out about the orphan trains. Um, you know, between yes. I think it was about this is the middle Chris of Kristen wanted to get into this bad this time. I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but it's it was I, like I just heard a, a little snippet about it, and I was like, wait, what? We're gonna I gotta know more. Yeah. I I honestly believe after like kind of looking into this a little more is that the orphan trains were used to repopulate the world. Um, And by the world, I mean, Australia, Mm. New Zealand, Canada, America, primarily, and they were coming out of Europe. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, whatever the reset, whatever happened over on the continent of North America, seems to have needed repopulating as well as Australia, New Zealand. Um, So we don't, obviously that we don't know, but we know that around Mm -hmm. 18, because there's a lot of photographic evidence. There's actually documented evidence of all of this. Um, So between about the 1850s and the 1930s, um, hundreds of thousands of children were put on trains and boats, and they were sent around the world from places like England, Scotland, um, Scandinavia was one of them, um, and then even Europe mm-hmm. in general. Um, but just hundreds of thousands of children, and they would just, these trains would just roll into a city, and you would have people there like, hey, you know, can we, can we find a kid? Very strange, you know, that the fact is like those people were even looking for children. Could they not mm-hmm. have children? Like what happened to them? Very odd. Yeah, it starts <laughs> to get real weird when you start looking at our lifetime that we're living right now, where they're talking about depopulation and sterilization of mass quantities of people and how you know, there's a lot more people now not being able to have children and having to go through the medical system to do that. And you talk depopulation and then you have all these missing children right now that are all going missing. We have so many children that go missing every year. And, you know, we the, the Sound of Freedom movie just highlighted that that stuff happens and it's this huge um 
you know, it's this huge movement where they're just taking kids everywhere and where are they going and what are they doing with them? And it makes me wonder, are they, are they gearing up for another reset? You know, are they taking these children and they're, and they're stashing them somewhere and then they're depopulating and getting everybody down to where they want them. And then they're going to reset and reprogram because this internet's got us getting wild out here and we got to get the, we got to get the people back in line here pretty quick. Yeah, one of the things that I saw at one of the World's Fairs, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was essentially an exhibit that was just babies in incubators. So, I mean, a living, and it was like the sign was like, come see a living baby, a brand new living baby. It's like, why would why would that be something that, that would attract people to come and look at it? Like, why would that even be an exhibit unless babies were not as readily available unless people weren't able to have children at that time, which also begs the question, not that I want to get off on this rabbit trail too far, but <laughs> when they first started immunizing people against things like, yeah. was there something that was going on in those early stages of immunization that was sterilizing people and they couldn't have children or did they just not want them to have kids yet? It wasn't the time. I don't know. I, I asked the same questions. Um because you had a, a time frame where they were um they had the bubonic plague and they had all these big you know the black death and the pandemics and the spanish flu and mm -hmm. they seemed to just say that they were wiping out you know millions of people like i think 75 to 200 million people how strange i mean it, it does kind of <laughs> answer how you would say okay well yeah then you'd need to repopulate after that but like you say why weren't people repopulating naturally why did they have to buy babies and mm -hmm. why did they feel the need to control the production of babies that's another question i think worth asking mm -hmm. like who was producing the babies why were they not like why did they take control of that and then ship them out like it's almost as though they had an, a plan with the product, the baby, and mm -hmm. where it was going to live, and this mm -hmm. kind of genetic factor, right? Strange. Well, yeah. we know that it, you know, it wasn't too far around that time where they were working on eugenics and all this other stuff where they were trying to, they were trying to really, I don't know, I've heard both they were trying to do good things by eradicating certain illnesses and things that, that naturally get passed down. But also they were splicing things and who knows what they were trying to create. Yeah. I mean, it's possible they were taking the, the worker type, creating a worker because we know that the capitalist society that they built was built on the mm -hmm. backs of the next generation of that group. Right. Um, Yep. And interestingly, yep. like along with that, what they called infantoriums, so where the babies were displayed in these incubators and people could go and buy one, um, that was really common in a certain period of time. So this repopulation mechanism was kind of targeting babies and then children who could work because during the Industrial Revolution, children were working in factories. They were doing heavy labor. Why? Well, mm -hmm. I think it's because there was a lack of adults to do the job. And also, 
they probably wanted to instill this kind of work ethic that you do what you're told, you go and you do it and you just don't complain and you get fed and be happy kind of thing, you know? Yep. Um, no, like yeah. that's your purpose I right now in right. this society. So um, if you're taught that from being a child, then that's the kind of culture you're going to breed for the next generation. Yep. Nothing against work, obviously. Well, and but... look at the whole hippie yeah the whole hippie movement that came around where everybody was just like what are these people you know like they don't go to work they don't they don't clean their clothes you know because because that worker mentality is very strict like we have to do this and we have to do this and even with like the footloose where you couldn't dance in church and like they, there was all of these like really strict regulations and really strict rules everybody was like you know down home workers and they would just get everything done they would put their hands in the dirt and there was no like exploration like the greatest you know the greatest part of their lives was having being able to go on some sort of a vacation or you know just travel a little bit to go to niagara falls or something like that you know it's this big family thing whereas now people are going on vacations all the time and it's really not that big of a deal because we've gotten so rich and to, to a point where and I don't think they want us there. They don't want us this comfortable. They don't want us this free to be able to make our own decisions and go on adventures and the things that God created us for, right? He created this whole realm for us to explore and to do all these different things. And, and But none of us can do that because, A, we can't afford it because they put us in this society. And, B, we don't have time. We have to work. <laughs> we have to survive. You know, there's, if yeah. you want to go on a vacation, it's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. I know. It's so sad. And when you think about that kind of millennium um, aspect, you know, if you're looking at it through that lens and you think, well, energy was free, people were, you know, mm. likely not feeding the beast of capitalism. So they were likely working to provide for their families enough and also to work with their communities and do things that were meaningful. They weren't, mm -hmm. you know, hooked into a system that was just um, leeching off them, basically. So, yeah, I agree with that. And I think Rock, uh, John D. Rockefeller said something about, like, we don't need a nation of thinkers. We need a nation of workers. And, of course, you know, yes. people that are profiting off that are people like Rockefeller. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you look at, we, we've done episodes on, like, the World Economic Forum and Agenda 2030 and all of that stuff. And it really all falls in line with all that stuff. Even the, like, 15-minute yeah. cities where they want everything that you need within 15 minutes so you don't have to own a car you don't have to own a house you don't you, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy mm -hmm. about it well yeah. that that's not i mean that's not the american dream that's not what you know we all signed up for it's like no but they yeah. spell it out you just have to know where to look yeah i think they're you know the unstoppable nature of greed is just it's so evident right like mm -hmm. those who are the greediest will they'll just have no limits. They will take those who mm -hmm. are trusting, those who are kind, those who are generous, and they will mm -hmm. just take everything they can get. Um, and I yep, think that's yep. evident as well in the tar what we're calling Tartaria. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but as it's recognized, you know, yeah. it's okay to use it. But um, I think, you know, we see basically the rise of the robber baron. And one of the theories with that is that 
at this reset, you see all of these very distinguished looking gentlemen in black suits, black top hats, and sometimes with a cane, you know, that stereotypical mm-hmm. Victorian um, person of renown, like somebody mm-hmm. who obviously had a special name and they often have this kind of uh, look of, you know, I'm better than you and you're going to do what I say. And I think one of the one of yeah. the interesting photos I've seen is um, in one of the pandemics, I think it might have been the Spanish flu, where all these nurses are at the front with their masks on and, you know, the patient has a mask on, but in the background are these men with their suits on and none of them are wearing masks, you know. It's a little bit like mm. what we've seen recently. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like in California when they were all hanging out together. Yeah. All the governor and oh, all yeah. his friends hanging out together and you're just like, you guys must know something that we don't know because you don't well, seem to care. Well, it's fairly well documented if you know where to look that the Spanish flu was not airborne. It was not a virus that like like they were trying. Same thing with the whole COVID thing. It's, it's not transmitted the way people think it is otherwise these people wouldn't be going around without masks they would be like nope i'm not getting near you yeah yeah Yeah. i agree and it's it just kind of i think when you see the the audaciousness of them walking into this new land where it had beautiful new buildings they've repurposed everything they've stepped into it with this kind of authority of some kind that was just inherited Mm -hmm and given to them and they've just gone for it you know they've gone and they've taken everything they've made slaves of everyone i'm sorry i sound a little bit Mm -hmm. jaded but i think this is the truth um (laughs) that's exactly it (laughs) they've taken control of education they've taken control of healthcare, and not just that but they're profiting so education makes slaves and the healthcare makes them you know, the millions that they want. It keeps people drugged up. It keeps everyone mm-hmm. sort of subservient to the healthcare system. And mm-hmm. they all did that, right? Like all of yeah. the funding, the, the early funding for all of those things came from these, what I would call robber barons. They're illegitimate. Um, you know, they put themselves in positions of authority. They don't deserve any of that. They are usurpers they have come in and taken control where mm-hmm. you know we are all like i think um ricky mentioned last time we're all free people we don't we don't mm. answer to them right but here we are yeah. in the situation of you know they've made slaves through through ec- economics basically yeah and mm-hmm. it's such a huge you know they've built such a structure all around us that it's like no one of us can do anything about it and that's what they're betting on is that an unorganized people are or or as the bible would say a people without vision they perish or they they get sucked into this reset cycle where you're you're useless to us you're useless eaters as they say and they just get rid of you and then yeah. they'll make a whole new generation of workers until they can just keep doing it and 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 continuing to perpetuate this system that that benefits only them and they get to do whatever they want it's 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 mind-boggling and we wonder why everybody's on anxiety medications and yeah, depression yeah. medications and all these different things it's because you you have to get up and go to work every day you're barely surviving. Gas is this much money. You know, groceries are this much money. All of the things that you're trying to do, you're trying to help your children have a good life. 
you know, we have a, a child in sports and the fee that we had to pay this year, I was just like, this is not true. This can't be yeah. true. That can't be the real price. And I didn't tell was, him how much it was for a little while. Yeah, I was just like, he's not doing that. He's like, wait, he's not I'm sorry, how much was it for first grade <laughs> She's flag like, football? No, he's playing. And I'm like, that's more than what they're asking for high school. But he's that's like, well, what we're, we're going signing him up. And I'm like, I already did. <laughs> but everybody's going through that. You know, everybody's yeah. going through this, this turmoil. And then, and then what do we need? We need meds to calm ourselves down because we're just like, we don't know what to do. We're all vibrating with frustration right now. And I yeah. think that's a good thing. I think everybody's starting to get to the point where they're just like, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. And that's why we're speaking out. That's why all the other, all of our friends that we've had on, yourself included, everybody's speaking out because we're like, this is not the way that we're supposed to be living. And once, I don't know if you've seen that meme where, you know, they're, they're whipping the crowd and the crowd's bowing to them. And then all of a sudden the crowd starts standing up one person at a time. And pretty soon the, the master is now bowing to these thousands of people. And that's what happens when we all rise up and say, we're not doing that anymore. You know, COVID, COVID was, they were talking about COVID coming back. Like there was this whole thing and you know what happened? It went away because we all said, shut up. That's not happening. We're not doing that. And then you don't even hear about it anymore. And now you have this big thing going on, you know, in in Israel. And we're all just like, is that even happening? We don't know. Show us real footage. Show us, you know, now we're questioning everything. And so it's very difficult for them to get away with anything because we're laser focused now. We're like, hey, you, I don't know. Let me see that picture again. I want to look at it really close. Yeah, you know. see Obama's birth certificate. That's all. That's it. I just want to see the original birth certificate. I bet you'd be sorry, right. Sorry. Whatever it is you think. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get it. It's not going to yeah. get it. Yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, I, I honestly think, you know, it's like that The Wizard of Oz. I probably mentioned it um, where Toto pulls the curtain back on The Wizard of Oz and he's just this mm. really pathetic little man um, mm-hmm. trying to scare people. And genuinely, that's what the media is. It's this pathetic little mm-hmm. puppeteer behind the scenes mm-hmm. that has no real plan other than to just cause chaos, um, cause trauma, and mm-hmm. and then they just keep perpetuating that. But as you say, mm-hmm. like I think that was a big wake up moment in 2020 when yes. the little curtain was just pulled back, right? And we yep. saw who they are, and we see them now, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's like we know yeah. who they are. Yeah. Mhm. So great. Yeah. So what um, else do we have? Let's get let's get deeper. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the orphan thing and the the baby thing because I think there's more to that and mm-hmm. um there is a a very creepy um aspect to the child thing is the cabbage patch babies and I you've probably seen mm-hmm. some of that in your own looking through things but um, if anyone hasn't seen this, they need to go look for the Cabbage Patch Babies. Um, and there is a really creepy uh, very first movie that was ever made, very first motion picture. And it was about Cabbage Patch Babies. Um, a woman in France who was allegedly a producer of the first moving picture, her name was Alice Guy or Alice Guy. So that's G-U-Y. Um, okay. And she kind of, yeah, she kind of, she was using real babies and they were naked and they were coming out of cabbage the cabbage patch 
and and it was kind of this narrative where this couple would come along through the field and she would just pull babies out and they were they were living true real babies and then they would look at them inspect them and then she'd take them back put them on the floor and you can see them actually lying on the floor wriggling and screaming because very unusual behavior um to be treating babies with you know mm-hmm. um but then you had all these postcards all of these campaigns about cabbage patch babies um i think there was a few more movies made about it as well um and what they were doing i couldn't honestly tell you i heard that the boys would come out of the cabbage and the girls would come out of a rose um patch or something like that so they had hmm. different different scenes for the two different types of babies hmm. you could have um but it was essentially you'd buy them so they would the couple would come along and then they would exchange money in this film for the baby uh, but they were using real babies and you know if you look up the real the the narrative again the official narrative it would say oh the mother was on hand and you know she would go and get her baby after the shoot I don't, I, I don't buy that because I just don't buy a lot of what they tell us. Um, but that, that's another really mm-hmm. creepy, disturbing thing to watch. Um, that's really weird. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. even like thinking of who brings babies, a stork. I mean, where did that come from? Like, ba- yeah. wait, that's not how my babies got here. Let me tell you. <laughs> Like, I remember there being a lot more pain than just a stork <laughs> handing me a baby. Like, what? Yeah. That is, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, you go back at these, like, Disney movies at the at the very beginning when they were making Disney movies. They were the weirdest movies. Like, they, like, Dumbo. Dumbo's such a weird movie. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on in Dumbo. Yeah. Even, like, all kinds of psychedelic stuff. And you're just like, what is happening here? And there's so many different you know, early Disney movies that were super weird. And you think about like the, like, uh, what is it called? Um, the, is it the town of tomorrow or the, there was like this Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. That's what it was. It was this big thing where they were like in the future, there could be this and there could be that. And you're just like, what, why do, why are people having to look to the future for a for a better life and everything like that when you just rip down all of all of these huge monuments and all of these huge things like they could have had they could have lived in those huge buildings you just knocked down like why are we why are we now enticing people to you know make money so that you can buy this cool house and this cool refrigerator and these cool things and you're just like but you had it where did it yeah. go? Why do now it's like a carrot that they're dangling in front of you. So to almost to guide the worker along the path where they're supposed to go, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's just so much programming. It's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think it just speaks to that level of superiority that they have in their mm. general approach yeah. to everything. And I'm using they, because they're really the hidden hand, right? Like when we talk about yeah. people that are in control, they like to move the chess pieces, but they stay in the shadows. They kind of just create the chaos, but they just mm-hmm. kind of stay out of the picture themselves. So they keep protected. And it's really very um, deceptive and, and deceitful of them, especially when we're the ones that yeah. are paying with all of the anxiety, as you mentioned, and like, all of these other mental health il- illnesses that people have because of these silly games they're playing, you know. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I do think a lot of it has been around that population control. Okay, so mm -hmm. you being a nurse, Kristen, like you'll know that there are um, whole departments, whole um, parts of the healthcare industry that are called um, population health, right? So when we talk about health, family planning, better, yeah, right. When they yeah. talk about health, they mean vaccinations. They mean um, how can we control the population and like family yep. planning, that kind of thing. Um, so yep. wherever they go, they have these agendas. It doesn't matter whether it's making babies or limiting how we make babies. It's their job to kind of oversee that and make sure. Even the fact, like I, I was thinking about this recently, like when you have a baby, you have to go and record their birth with them, right? Like they mm -hmm. have to know that you had a baby and they have to know what name it is and they have to be able to take the parents' details and all mm -hmm. of that, yep. even blood type and all of this information they have. because well, mom has to sign. Yep. Yeah, yep. mom has to sign away all your rights and privileges as a ward to the state now, creating a a birthing uh, page that tells you that now you're a commodity. Now you're being yeah. traded on the open market. Yeah. And they call it a birth certificate now, but it's it's a basically a bill of sale. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And, yeah. and, and we're coerced into signing these documents, right? But, but if, yeah. you know, women, if you look at this document, it's an application for a birth certificate. It's not a birth certificate. So you're yeah. actually on there you're the person that is signing away your child to the state and you don't know that it's not your fault but but that's what happens you sign away your child to the state and and as madeline points out why why do they have to be in charge of our children and have a record of them and all those things why can't we just live on our land you know and do our own thing and and we've talked about that many times on the podcast. Like, why can't we just be left alone? But that's not where the control is. The control is in numbering you with the social security number or, you know, giving you all of these different tags so that they can follow you, trace you and hold on to you as much as they can. Yeah. And I, I think it's very interesting when you talk about populations and immigration and things like that. There were people not just the elites that came out of the wars, the war times, but there was actually populations that had escaped those scenarios, whatever was going on, really going on. Mm -hmm. So my gram right. my grandma, my mom's side, um, they came from Eastern Europe and they basically came and dug their own house into the side of a hill until they could build a house. So they lived through the winter in the side of a hill and then when mm. the spring came they started digging up the land and building a house and they started their family that way but the one thing they would never do is they would never trust the banks well you know now this kind of starts to make sense right they would not trust mm -hmm. those people that they knew they knew who they were and they knew what they were up to and they hadn't got over here yet right so they were just protecting themselves you know my grandma came over i think when she was three years old she came in on a ship and um she was under her mom's dress they they didn't even record her coming into the country so when she retired mm. she had stayed off grid all of her life so she had never been recorded she wow. married she was never 
a recognized person in Canada until she actually went and she was older. She needed to get into a nursing home. They were like, who are you? And she was like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been here for 90 years or something, you know, by then. But um, so there wow. is a group of people that knew something that we don't know. And they yes. went under the radar. They used to keep their money in their houses. They did not put their money mm-hmm. in banks. They kept their money in in jars, basically, under the floorboards and all through their houses uh, because they trusted that their house wouldn't burn, but that the banks would be the one to kind of ruin them financially more likely, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so it's so crazy how we've lost so much information. So, I mean, we think we're so smart. You know, we've got the Internet. We're so intelligent. It's like, no, we've lost more information on it. I mean, most people don't know how to garden. They don't know how to raise animals. They don't know how to build their own house. If they would have had to dig into a side of a mountain, they wouldn't know how to do that. You know, there's so many people out there that have, they've almost cut themselves off at the legs because they want to live in these big cities. They want to live in a skyscraper. They want to have a nice car and a nice this and all kinds of stuff. And But the problem with that is if all of that infrastructure goes away, you have nothing to fall back on. You don't know how to harvest an animal. You don't know how to grow your own food. You don't know how to start a fire, you know, with, with whatever you have out there with you now, not flint or anything else. You have to do it, you know, and just because you see it on, you know, a show on TV doesn't mean you know how to do it. You know, it's very difficult to do all these things and we've lost so much information and you know you you wonder how much of you know the the technology and all of that stuff because you've have you seen those old videos of people riding on that like giant one wheel thing where they're like inside of a almost like a tire and they're just turning and it's riding around and you've got like these old school people on electric scooters electric cars way back they've got tons of pictures and videos of this stuff where you're just like wait a minute that person's like in the 1800s and there's like how are they riding an electric scooter well even in some of the like hieroglyphs and in the pyramids and stuff they they have what appears to be like a laptop computer that they're typing on it's like what wait or they're like wearing a watch or something like that like yeah there was a whole bunch of weird weird things But as a society gets too evolved or too smart or whatever you want to call it, they have too much technology. I mean, the human race has been trying to ruin itself since Adam and Eve. I mean, come on. (laughs) We're given everything that we could possibly need. And we're like, no, I think I want that thing. I mean, that's just what we do. So how do you, like, as a society, walk this back? Well, you you have to destroy everybody. I mean, at some point, like... You save that. How do you repopulate a planet if all the adults die with children? That's how you repopulate a planet. You take the elites and you take a bunch of children. And then those children, they have no preconceived notions about life because they haven't been around long enough. So they're they're not going to, you know, talk back or they're not going to be like, well, wait, my great grandma, you know, because they don't even know what a great grandma is. Like, yeah, it's it seems like that. Like, if I were to have to repopulate a planet, that would be the best move. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the repopulation thing was huge, right? This is why they continue to control the population, because they have to know. I mean, personally, I don't think 
the numbers are right at all. I don't think 8 billion or whatever they're saying it is now. I, d I don't even think that's right because I think, um, I think they've been subversively reducing population for a long time, right? Ever since mm -hmm. maybe the, the family planning program mm -hmm. started sure. and right. Um, so they've been trying to keep that, as we know, like the Georgia Guidestones was an example of where they talk right. about keep the population to a certain level. So I really don't think, this is just my personal view. I just have this feeling like it's not right. But what they're doing is they're trying to push people into this panic mode by saying the population is ballooning, you know, there's like craziness. We're not going to have enough room on the planet. So, you know, you do. I felt mm -hmm. for it years ago. Like I was like, oh no, sure. I shouldn't have kids. I, I shouldn't like have a normal life. I should just die now. And like, <laughs> you know, like you feel like <laughs> right. you feel this doom and gloom come over you because that's what they want you mm -hmm. to feel. Yep. Yeah. Well, cause they know that we have sensitive hearts, you know, we're as human beings, I think that we, there are certain things that we have in us, like for children and for other people and those type of things, but they're, they're starting to almost try to breed it out of us, you know, where, where we don't like each other and we we're divided about everything and we don't like children. You know, how many young people do you know today that are like, I'm not having children. I hate children. Like I'm never having children. And you're like, what? Like <laughs> never. You've just made that decision and you're 12. Like, what are we talking about? But it's just, they get into this mindset where they don't, all they want to do is whatever they want to do. Self is like the most important thing to everybody, but, but that's not normal. You know, and if you and if you really get down to it, the same little girl that says that she doesn't want to have children when she's older also loves to raise cats and rabbits and like is obsessed with raising things. And so you're like, no, it's yeah. built into you, but you're you've been indoctrinated and programmed to say that and to think that. And yeah. so if we could get back to what it is that we are all as humans supposed to be then we can make a lot of changes around here. But the, as, as long as we're all just sitting around being slaves, mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and I just think as well, the, you know, the whole concept of burning it down to build it up again, it's really um, they're in their esoteric um, occult belief system. That's the Phoenix, right? That's the, you burn the bird the burns rays, down yeah. and it and then it rises again as a new like renewed creature yes. and i think that's what america really was i think they had to burn it to rebuild what they envisioned for it which is really dystopian and messed up but that's their mm -hmm. false you know that's kind of the deception they're under is that that's how they gain some kind of um renowned in their own way i don't even know if they believe in an afterlife but that's certainly you know like it's just something that they do it's it's sort of ingrained into them through their occultic family lines and the yep. way that they're taught from a young child to to control the world um so yeah i mean i think this this concept of when they were burning things when they were destroying things that was that was really the reset Sorry, there's a big car going back. Um, that was the reset. And it was probably the, the, the end of the reset era where 
you know, and I think it's something else to mention is when we look at all these old cities that were just built up, there was also a lot mm. of mud. Right. So when yes. we haven't really talked a lot about the mud flood, but I think precursor to all these world fairs and all of these um, burnings was a period of cataclysm where something happened. And, and I know that people like Tesla were around at the time. And I know people kind of worship him as this like icon of the Victorian era or before that. Um, but really, I think what they had done was they had gained knowledge in a way that like a lot of um, so-called scientists gained knowledge through their own occultic practices. And sure. I do believe that they learned from what was left behind, right? So they picked up all this technology that was left there, but they also gained knowledge of like, what should we do with this so that we can use it as almost like a control mechanism? And mm -hmm. I suspect, you know, Tesla may have been one of those people that was working with, and he was one of them, right? But he was probably, because I know that the, the technology that he had access to was very powerful. and. Mm -hmm probably still being used in similar ways to um, manipulate our environment in which we live. So, for example, mm -hmm. if they wanted a cataclysm in a certain area, run the machine, just yep. cause a, an earthquake, make everything fall down or make the mud just go nuts, right? Like just liquidate. Because yep. that's kind of what happened was the earth just turned into liquid. Like in many places, you have yeah. this like liquefying effect. And so suddenly your cars are just going straight into into the underground like your your all yep. of your architecture is just like the mud is just rising and uh mm. you can see that effect on the buildings on those older buildings it's like you have two levels like i know in our city here there's two levels literally and you can see it on the waterfront the waterfront yeah. is like two levels below the street level um i have so i can just walk down there and look at it yeah, yeah. um and when That's you look wild. When you look down through the grates, you can see there's windows under the street, like mm. windows and doors. Like you don't build buildings under the like entrances and windows under the street. No. And I've heard people go, well, they had basements back in the day. I mean, they, maybe they just had basements. I'm like, well, you don't put windows like ornate, beautiful windows mm. that match the whole rest of the building three floors down. You right. would you would be making them out of brick. You would be making them out of cinder block, whatever, anything really, but glass windows. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they've and, got and, like and, monster and door, columns like, and stuff. Yeah, like a door into the side of the earth, like mm -hmm. a yeah. door. You know, like and and a lot <laughs> of old make any sense. and a lot of old tunnels too, like um. If you ask anyone who lives in a city that has grown up there, maybe their grandparents lived there and, and it's kind of like there's like a an older knowledge of the city, most of them will tell you that there is tunnel networks. I know there is mm -hmm. here and probably mm -hmm. where you live too. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I just, that speaks to that level thing, the, the flooding and the... So here in yep. Victoria, you have um, the Empress Hotel and where that's built, even invisible... Um, photographs online that used to be an inlet so it used to actually be like a bit of a tributary that would like that is all built mm -hmm. on on what used to be a waterfront like it just like a you know a shoreline um and it went wow. back quite a ways but they don't really tell you why they filled it in they don't tell you why 
it's there essentially Mm -hmm. like it's very strange that they had to go and flood that whole area and put a huge building on it um i don't know it's just strange and then the whole waterfront is like probably 15 feet down now from the street level in that whole Mm. area so on the inner harbor there Um, Hmm. you can't find pictures older than that um that really tell you the whole story of that area they really hide it hide it under lock and Mm -hmm. key by the archivists and all these people that belong Mm -hmm. to various controlling you know groups yeah that's what boggles my mind is people go well our planet is you know so x amount degrees fahrenheit higher than it was uh, 2000 years ago and i'm like you have records of what the temperature was 2000 years ago because good grief you can't even find anything locally before the 1900s really sometimes you can find stuff in some cities for like the you know upper 1800s but Beyond that, you, you can't find anything written down. So I, I'm dying to know how you know what the temperature was in 70 AD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And, well, they might know because they created the weather back then, but That's yeah. true. who knows? But, you know, they do that now. They manipulate the weather. They have all, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's been all kinds of documentaries and stuff about that where they can create like full on clouds. And you're just like watching this machine shoot clouds out. And you're like, how is it doing yeah. that? And then you have, you know, guys that are talking about how they can do earthquakes and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's it's not really that far outside of the realm of possibility that they could shake the ground and, and, and turn it into liquid. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you think about everything's everything is sound, everything is vibration. And so all you got to do is turn up the vibration a little bit. And what becomes a solid now is having a hard time holding itself together, you know. So, yeah, I think it's very possible for them to be able to do something like that. And then what comes out of that is just all kinds of confusion, right? There's like no nobody knows what's what. And that's kind of where we're at finally now today is to the point where. We don't know what time we're in. We don't know <laughs> if, I mean, there's a guy on the internet that's saying that America used to be Israel and Egypt. I mean, nobody knows anything that is going on nowadays. And But we're all trying to work together on the internet to try to piece these things together. And, and I think that's important is having hope in each other, having hope in, in friendship and learning to have conversations, these fringy conversations where we don't like nothing's off limits. Like I just said something crazy a couple seconds ago and some of your heads just went, what did he just say? But we should be able to do that and have these conversations with, with sound mind and, and logic and all of those things. Listening to people, as the Bible says, is more important than talking. And I know sometimes on this podcast, I get rolling like I am now. But I think that listening for us as a as a community is is something that we all need to work on. We all need to just listen to each other. If somebody says something crazy, ask them why, why they believe that. Or don't just get mad and walk off. Like that's that's it's just not being a good human. You know, you have to love people and enjoy other people's company no matter if they believe everything that you believe or not that doesn't really that's not what makes a relationship with another human 
that you believe in everything that they believe in. You, we're not clones. Well, there are some, but Don't we get started are not on clones, clones, you know, and we're not just <laughs> replicating the same person over and over again. We should all have our own opinions and we should all be able to do our own research. And that's well, and what I we encourage you guys to do. I think the bottom line is that everybody in the upper echelon of society keeps telling us to not believe what we're seeing with our own eyes. Yeah. And it's so frustrating for somebody like me that's like, but no, I, this does not look right. Like something is not right about this. And they're like, oh, it's just this, it's just this, it's just this. And they certainly don't want us having conversations like this going, what's the hidden history here? Like what, yeah. what were they trying? First of all, what were they trying to hide? And like, I mean, yeah. if, if we, if we were in some kind of millennial reign and we had this free energy and we had all of this stuff, I mean, if they want to take that free energy and make money off of it, what's the first thing they're going to do? Well, they're, they're going to destroy any evidence that it was ever free and they're going to yeah. make it seem like it's not free because that's how they're going to line their pockets. Mm -hmm. So it's really not that far of a stretch to go. Could they have destroyed this stuff or flooded this stuff or whatever? in order to hide it so that they can now profit off of somebody else's idea. You know, somebody else came up with this free energy, God, yeah. how do we make money on it? Well, the first thing yeah. we got to do is we got to make sure people know that it wasn't God that made it. I mean, it's, it's kind of like business yeah. 101, I guess, if you want to make yeah. it. And, and I think that's a really good point actually, because um, when, at least if we're talking about the millennial reign, I think we see a clear shift in about the 1500s, like right around the beginning of the 1500s, where these people, it's almost like the shackles of what would have been a reign of law, like God's law, if you will, were just, they just threw them off. They were like, okay, now we're done with that. Let's go. Let's, we've got, we can now be wicked. We can now mm -hmm. corrupt mm -hmm. this place to however we want right and they did yep. they they took hold of what would they would call science i call it like wizardry or um mm -hmm. the fallen so angels sweet. technology they took all of that yeah. kind of knowledge and they weaponized it to profit and to control and to be the kings of their this realm in in that way and i think that deception has been it started um they obviously had a plan. They knew that the time that Christ, if, if we're talking about the millennial reign again, like if Christ was here and he was reigning and that law was being enforced, the law of God, mm -hmm. these people were just waiting in the wings. They were like, okay, we know exactly what we need to do when this yep. comes to an end and we're going, we're doing it because I think, um, is it Jude? I think the book of Jude talks about these people being, um, they they basically were from the beginning, they were corrupt. They were a corrupt, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's bloodline yep. or if it's like an organized society, old mystery religion type associations, sure. but they were corrupt from the beginning and they were born into this sinful, you know, wickedness. And the way that they took hold of their opportunity when the shift happened, they they architected, and that's why they call themselves mm -hmm. architects. They architected mm -hmm. things the way that they knew yep. would create a world where their king, Lucifer, yep. Satan, whoever you want to call him, 
would have full reign. And, and, you know, just an example, I think a lot of the statues, the statues that went up after that bear witness to that. So we talk about the golden lady or the, you know, the imperial statues, um, they have this laurel wreath, which mm-hmm. signifies like victory. Um, they have a, you know, the scepter is now theirs. They have the world in their other hand and they have dominion. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's all just a huge deception. Like they've, they've made it almost inescapable. Like we are the rulers. We are the Kings. We are the Mm -hmm. oligarchs of this realm and you will do as we say kind of thing. So they're like, thanks for giving us all the, the good information. Now we're going to go ahead and take credit for all of that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that just, you know, um, that's something I see throughout all of this and all of that Mm -hmm. imagery is just like, they see themselves as victors, which is a total lie. They obviously haven't read revelation 20 because the end of that is really bad for them. Um, but you know, in the end, God wins and Mm -hmm. this, this time of deception is called a short season. So Mm -hmm. however long, some people think that's 250 years. Some people think, but, you know, again, that's another reason to hide the timelines and to confuse people about what year we're in. Because if you don't know that, you can't work out when their yep. time comes to an end. And yeah. it's just fine with me. I mean, we live. I can wait them out. Yeah, we live for Christ. <laughs> we, we know that we actually have authority over the darkness. And so yeah. to yeah. live in that and to know that it actually, for me, it's just like I walk out there every day and I'm like, there is no fear at all. Mm. Like I, mm-hmm. I have no fear because yep. I know who lives within me. Right. Right. It's such a great place to live when you're just like, ah, it doesn't matter. I don't care. There's nothing that you can do to me anymore. Like I just, it's fine. And when you read the Bible and this is one thing that came up after our last episode was some people were really struggling with the fact that Jesus could have already come back as a, as a possibility. And then, and then um, the the idea of once he has control of everything, why would he give it back? You know, and to which I would say, I don't know. But at the same time, that's what it says, you know, and, and for people that are like, that's not in the Bible. I encourage you to read Revelation 27 and 8, where it yeah. actually says that for a time after the millennial reign, Satan will be loosed and the chains because he broken. has to be loose. Yep, and the one yep. that is holding him back is going to be removed, and there yeah. is going to be this flood of deception. It actually says so. There will yeah. be deception, and I feel like that's exactly what we're living in right now. We're living in a very big time of deception. If yeah. if the Earth is really flat, and they've been lying to us about that, that's a pretty big deception. If if there has been a reset, and and they've tore all this stuff down to get rid of all of the evidence of Jesus coming back, that would be a huge deception. You know, if the media was constantly feeding us deception, which they are, like, so if you, I mean, if you just keep going down these things, why was there asylums? Why was there these mud floods? Why were these children getting off of these trains and they were growing Cabbage Patch dolls? Like what, all of this stuff doesn't make any sense unless you think about, Revelation 20, 7 and 8, yeah. where after the millennial reign of Christ, there is a great deception. Yeah. So I don't want people to get mad or, or to just shut it off and just be like, these guys are crazy. They're, we are, first of all. But second of all, 
you're not come on <clears throat> so we need we all need to realize that we're all a little bit crazy but the idea is is to use logic and there is no logic in tartaria and tearing down these world fairs and having these children getting off trains and people not having any children and having to go somewhere and and purchase them like or just nothing going to works. look at a child in an incubator like how is that a attraction at the fair I, it just yeah. come on it doesn't make we don't sense. get to know about any of it other than what we can dig and dig and dig and find and that's how we've put all these pieces together that's how madeline's put all these pieces together and that's what we have to do is we can't just sit around and be like well jesus is coming and I'm going to read my Bible and pray. It's like, I get that. That's all good. But at the same time, what does the Bible say? If you are reading it, what does it say? It says there is a great deception after the millennial reign. And so, I don't know. You tell me. And it says that the whole world will be deceived, right? So, when you're talking about the whole world, you can't get bigger than lying about the shape of the the world. Like you right. can't yeah. like that that word almost gives it away. Like the whole world. Yeah. The whole world is believing this massive lie, um, in my view. <laughs> um yeah. but I, I think as well I just wanted to make a point about saying that um I think when it comes to Tartaria and when it comes to any topic actually in what we'd call the fringe community, mm -hmm. you do have a group of people that don't adhere or don't have the Holy Spirit, and they don't see truth the way that we see truth. Um, mm. And, you know, they'd probably say, well, it's just a difference of opinion, but actually we have the Holy Spirit. And so when we're discerning truth, it's by the power of God. It's not mm -hmm. by our own intellect or some cool True. thing we figured out, you know, it's, it's actually Holy Spirit led, I believe. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think submitting to the Holy Spirit is really important when we're researching things like this, because there are a lot of really weird um, narratives and storylines going on out there and people that mm -hmm. are going like, there's people that will acknowledge that, oh, wow, this, you know, this empire existed. And wow, they had all this technology. And oh, these people were amazing. But they kind of leave it at that level. Like, it was just a people group that were living at the time. But if you consider the entire realm that had to be involved, so the, the creation aspect of it, okay, they admit, you know, there's a dome, there's ether, there's electrostatic in the air. Um, there's all these factors that then feed into this free energy. As an example, they'll admit all that, but the, but then you're like, well, don't you see that that is God who created all of that? Like, it's not just here by chance and it's not just here because of some big um, cosmic like energy blast or something. It's here because God created it with a design. And anyone who questions design or intelligent design should look at the Fibonacci sequence. That's yeah. God's fingerprint, right? It's mm -hmm. through everything. It's all through our bodies. It's all through every creature and every organic thing that's been created so yeah you know i think i think it's easy to go down and and even be misled i think especially um maybe new christians or people who don't know the bible that well it's easy to get deceived in this community mm -hmm. so yep weigh everything up against scripture pray for god's wisdom mm -hmm. 
seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and you will get a feeling when something's wrong. It's like, yep. that just doesn't sound right. It's just not landing right for me. Like I hear you and I, I think what you're saying is really interesting, but it doesn't align with scripture. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, as Paul says in Galatians, like where, where did you get this other gospel? Not that there is another gospel, but where did you get this that you guys are talking about? And, and he goes on to say, the gospel that I presented to you is not a gospel that I got from man. It's a gospel that I got from the Holy Spirit. This is a direct energy download from God. And that's what I've presented to you. And, and that's what we're talking about is that the Holy Spirit can teach you. The Holy Spirit can guide you and direct you. When Jesus left the earth, he said, I am going to send you a helper that is going to help you basically understand and unpack all of the things that he's been trying to teach them. And as you read the Bible, you have to, well, you don't have to, but if you, if you really want it to come open and, and, and show you what's in there, um, you, you have to come before God and say, teach me, God, show me, give me wisdom, show me how to read this, show me what you're talking about here, because you know, on our own, we're just guessing, you know, we're grasping at straws trying to figure out what the truth is, what the answers are. But it's really the Holy Spirit that begins to reveal those things. And then you get that kind of, if you know, you know, type of a feeling, you know, yeah. where you're just like, yeah, I just know, like, yeah. something about it, I just know. Yeah. And I think, I think um, blending in is such a is such a tactic of the enemy, okay? Mm -hmm. And when I say the enemy, I yep. mean the people that are, have been used to architect the system, the satanic system in which we live, which yeah. includes the overrun of Tartaria, the burning down of everything, the rebuilding in their own in their own way. Um, and really, they're a they're a hidden hand. So we call them the hidden hand. But there are a number of secret societies, different levels, different. You know grades mm -hmm. different bloodlines and all that but they you know i mean they use the kjv bible but they don't use it the way we do mm -hmm. right they have their own method of studying that scripture and really it's for purposes of controlling you know it's like that antichrist thing it's like the shadow that follows christ around it's like that serpent mm -hmm. that slithers around in the darkness um yep. mimicking Christ and mm -hmm. trying to be like so it's always looking for um it's like looking for that copy copycat why are mm -hmm. you copycatting what sounds like and and it's so hard to hear sometimes and we really need the holy spirit um yeah. because it is it's like it is such a great deception i i you know even the architected system some people call it the matrix like it's very complex and as you know, most people yeah. listening will probably know, but it's extremely complex and very direct. You know, they want to destroy the church. They want to destroy Christianity. Yep. They want to take down um, the truth yep. and create their own version of truth. So, yeah. yeah. And it's obvious that they're not afraid to burn it all down and start over right. if they have to. Yeah. So let's yeah. not give them that opportunity. 
That's right. <laughs> let's let's educate ourselves. Let's let the Holy Spirit ed educate us. Let's uh, you know just stay together in friendship and hope and love. All of those things that Jesus talked about. All of the you know fighting and the backbiting and the you know fighting over religion and all race and all of the things. Those are all just distractions to the fact that all all we all need to do is love the Lord our God with all of our mind, body, strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. That's really yeah. the greatest commandment. And that's all we need to do. And when we do okay. that, we will all come together and things will be fine. We don't need to worry. God says, don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. So yeah. with that, there's hope in Jesus. Hopefully yeah. you guys have found Jesus and he's working and changing your lives. And uh, I know for me personally, uh, he's he's completely changed my life so and i know you guys would say the same Thank you. yeah yeah so with that i'm rick yeah Kristen. and this is madeline and we are gonna sign off for now uh obviously we've got more to talk about with madeline but we wanted to get you guys another episode with more of this content because you asked for it and so we uh we hope you enjoy it Give us lots of feedback on, on what you thought. And uh, if you have some more topics you want to get into, just shoot us a line. We'd love to do it. With that, we're going to get out of here. This has been That's So Fringy Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.